What is going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Orange Slices. We are your hosts, Heath Pierce, Mark McKenzie, and uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this week. But first, uh, Mark, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. You know, still recovering from the, the cup win, you know, uh, still catching up on sleep. Uh, so if you hear a little rasp in my voice, just know it's it's from it's, it's for good reason. It's for a good reason. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Mark won the Belgian Cup this last weekend, and he's tired because it was such a hard game. Uh, yes. Right. As a professional, you yes. you know you give everything into something like that. It takes you sometimes what what is now three days to recover yes. uh, on sleep. That's that's interesting. But like, I appreciate you you know taking care of your body like that. Listen, man, I didn't realize that there were there were three periods in in a full full match. You know, you have the first half, the second half, and then the the celebration. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. I, I made sure that we were there in the right headspace for the, the, the celebration. What in, in all honesty, though, like what is the vibe around the team right now? You guys have the goal of, of making Europe, right? So you're definitely mm-hmm. in Europe now um, on some level. And then there's a basically a, a some sort of math that will determine whether this cup and how it helps you with the the playoffs within the league gets you into Champions League or whatever, depending on who finishes where and whatnot. But what is the current like energy of the team? Was it relief? I know that you guys haven't, uh, you know, you've had your ebbs and flows of it, of being a team that expects to win championships uh, within the league this year. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of weird. You know, I've only been here six months and we went through like we weren't I think we were in first when I got here and then we dropped to fourth in a matter of I think like three weeks, like four weeks probably so i got my debut against bruges on the january 16th and then from that period to maybe about mid-march we went through this rocky patch of just dropping points you know not getting results we'd win a game then we'd lose the next we draw and then so it was just this constant up and down you know we, we we dropped three four places and then we finally kicked into action again um and now we're here you know we're coming off the cup final and it's weird because you have only four days like four days to recover from it so you want to celebrate and enjoy but you turn around and like Friday we have another match against Antwerp to start playoffs. So you, you try and recover as best you can from the the the, the celebrations. Yeah, 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 it's great and all. But now you got to snap into it because you realize that you lose the first match of playoffs and you set yourself back now. You know, and you're 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 in you know the fourth place or you're last place in in the top portion of playoffs and you still have five matches to go and you're still trying to continue to place you know we have the cup in our back pocket we know that and you don't want to get too carried away with it and we ultimately want to finish as high as possible you know because they have you know Europa League or or Champions League uh, implications so yeah the thing now we're in this this phase of now we kind of push the the cup into the back of the mind a little bit know it's there but now you take that that energy and that the charisma that uh confidence and into this first match, you know, ultimately it's Antwerp who beat us the last league match of the year. So a little bit of revenge in there and yeah, hopefully start the, the, the playoff period, you know, the right way. You know, having been at the club now six months, I'm curious as to how does the club view itself from a tradition standpoint or from an expectation standpoint, right? So mm-hmm. we've had we've had Americans playing in, in Belgium before. We've got Matt Miazga at Anderlecht right now, we had uh, Guchon Yewu at Standard Liège. We had Sasha Kleschen at Anderlecht. You have Bruges. You have, what was his name? What's his um, name that's at Bruges, the goalie? Uh, Ethan oh, Horvath. Ethan Horvath, yeah. Ethan Horvath. And then you have Genk and you have now Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's a lot of, cl- that's a lot of what I would consider big clubs within a league yeah. that isn't a huge league, but certainly has, like, all those touch points are, are clubs that, like, 
you know, when Gooch was at Standard Liege, they were winning championships. Sasha mm-hmm. won at Anderlecht. Um, you know, now Matt Miazga's at, at Anderlecht. They, they were a Champions League club, you know, and then you have Bruges in Champions League. And now you have Royal Antwerp also like sort of who is considered this, this traditionally the super club and where does your club sort of fit into the, the, the past and present? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because you can't, of course, we're a club that's known for developing talent, you know, so it's for, for most clubs in, in Belgium, it's about maintaining that talent and producing it and then maintaining it to win championships, whereas Gank has been known to produce them either international, internationally or domestically, and then ultimately sell them after a year or two. So you don't really have a, like a team together for a long period of time. So in that span where you have those that quality, you know, you want to try and, and win. So I think the last time we won the title was in 2019. Um, so we had, you know, a solid team that together. And now you look two, you know, two years later and there's maybe you know, six or seven guys who were mainstays within that team, you know, that won the, the, the league. Um, so for us, it's about, yeah, we, we put as, as best a team on the pitch as possible, knowing that in a year that could change. Um, whereas with a team like Bruges, you know, Bruges, they, they have some guys on that team who've been there for five, six, seven years. So it's a little bit different. Um, but, but I think when you look at our history, we contend, you know, with the top of the top. So Bruges right now is in first and playing in Champions League, but we've played in Champions League. We played against Celta Vigo in Europa League. We made it to Europa League final uh, or semifinal. You know, we, so so that's that's the standard, you know, ultimately yeah. to be playing against the best of the best um, because ultimately if you're not, then we're not going to be able to bring in the best talent, you know, or produce or bring in the funds to, to, to pr- then sell the best. Yeah, so it's, you know, this success is what is what this club rides on because that's where we get the money to then, you know, be more successful i like that i like that well let's uh let's get to today's episode so you know we realized for a while that all we'd been doing most of the time is just spending time chatting with other people and you and i haven't had a chance to you know talk to our audience directly other than the intros and the outros so we decided this week to to just answer some questions from people that listen and and uh follow us on social and and uh so we'll have our producer matt um Who's who's dressed like a producer today? By the way, <laughs> actually, before we bring Matt's going to ask the questions and we're going to answer them uh, and let us know what 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 uh, what's been asked. We haven't actually seen most of these questions, so hopefully they'll be kind of on the spot, good answers. But yeah. Mark, before we before we have Matt ask the first question, what's your take on the button up with the undershirt? Are you an undershirt kind of guy? Like, do you wear? I guess you can't say, you know, the ribbed tank top. You can't say the other word anymore of what those are yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, are you an under? Are you an undershirt kind of guy? Like when you wear a suit or a dress dress suit, do you wear an undershirt? Yeah, I think I think my dad kind of got me into because because it's like ironically, I'm a sweater. Like I, I sweat for no reason, so I wear an mm-hmm. undershirt in order to be that next layer of protection. So yeah. that way, my dress shirt isn't now sweaty. You know, so I've always been a dress shirt guy, or I've always worn a shirt underneath my dress shirt. Uh, but it has to match. So if I'm wearing a a white sweat, uh, a white dress shirt. Got to wear a white undershirt. If I'm wearing a dark colored uh, dress shirt. Got to be a dark colored undershirt. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. But but I, I don't know about the I don't know about the the undershirt he has on right now. It's yeah, the, the combos are questionable. Yeah, it, I, I, it's like such a producer thing to do is to have a button up in the case that you needed to be a little more formal, but like also to show that you've got this edge, you know, which is yeah. like he's just wearing he's just wearing a t shirt underneath a a dress shirt, you know, yeah, a little risque, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, like it's 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 like the it's like the producer's version of a mullet, you know, it's like it can clean up, but it can also like dress down a little bit. So yeah, it's all love though, man. Yeah, we love the you, problem man. was that that was the first question. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess we'll go to the next question. (laughs) All right, Matt, let's get into some, let's get into some questions. We've got, uh, you know, the old mailbag, uh, that we submitted out to everyone, uh, that's following us on slice of soccer on social media. Um, and we've taken some stuff from, from comment sections of, you know, where you get your podcast and things like that to, to just make hopefully a fun episode. So if you want this in the future, we do uh, see all of these. So submit those to us and we'll make sure that we get to them either on social or, or, or on a future episode. All right, let's jump in. This first one's from M Texa photo on Instagram. Uh, really tough. How are you guys enjoying hosting a podcast? <laughs> No, I, yeah, no, I'm I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's new for me. You know, so it's definitely forced me to tap into a new, uh, a new, uh, a new bag. You know, you know, you have you have a different bag. So for, on the pitch, so now off the pitch, you know, I had to tap into something a little different. So I got a excellent co-host. You know, I got a mediocre producer who's, mm-hmm. who's you know he's all right. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. You know, I've got to to catch up with guys who I know um, and, and tap into some things that they haven't really told me about. And then some some older guys, some some legends who, who I haven't had the chance to speak with. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a great time. What uh, I have two questions following up to that for you, Mark. One, do you feel like now when you do media stuff, you feel a little more, has it helped at all being on a mic more often and more comfortable to just sort of be like, Oh, okay. Like I can, instead of like our, you know, obviously the default of every athlete is to go into like safe mode, right? Somebody mm-hmm. asks you a question, you go, okay, think team first think mm-hmm. you know, I'm second and whatever it is, like you go into sort of like scripted mode. Uh, do you feel like you are more comfortable answering a little bit more outside the box or giving a little bit more? Or is it still just, this is like a separate muscle memory and it's separated from your, your professional life? No, they're definitely intertwined because now I'm able to improvise a little bit you know so if a question is asked or you know i want to have a little bit of fun with the with the you know somebody asking a question with the uh whoever it is you know i can now twist it in a way where it's like oh well let me ask that in a way or let me say this in a way where it kind of takes a you know a a funny funny twist to it so uh i think it's definitely helped you know because now i'm a little bit more free behind the mic i know in the beginning it's it's like you're stiff you don't know how to like transition between asking a question and to giving an answer and as a player you always again like you said you always go into that safe mode of mm-hmm, i'm going to talk you know, i'm going to keep things concise i'm going to say this answer so that way it's politically correct and this that and the other whereas now i'm you know let my hair down a little bit you know and, and i'm able to, to to joke around but but also be serious ask a question transition back you know move into this topic oh how do we go back to this topic intro outro blah 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 so yeah it's, it's definitely out yeah I, the last thing i would say on that for me was you know, I was on a phone call this morning with with one of the producers from CBS who does he does the Champions League show um, for, for CBS. And and we were talking about, you know, CBS now has uh, Nations League coming up. They have they have um, or Paramount Plus has Nations League coming up. They have uh, World Cup qualifying away games. And one of my favorite things has been having guests on one who have experienced CONCACAF. Right. That's one of my favorite stories to tell because it just sort of makes me relive a lot of these moments that I've had myself, but also for the young guys to be able to sort of tee up what they're going to expect, right? They're all playing at big clubs in Europe. You guys are all doing great things mm-hmm. now, but like CONCACAF's another thing. I, I just thought about it this morning when I was talking to him about like, hey, I know that Paramount Plus, Plus only has the away games, but that's where the glory is, right? Mm-hmm. You go and you win your home games. That's great for the fans, but like those away games, that's where you tell your stories. That's where you see like the craziest things happen. So that's probably my favorite thing of having guests on here is, is getting them to, you know, one sort of 
guide them on what to expect, all you guys that are going to be playing in these qualifiers, but also some of these the old heads like me that that have experienced it and 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 uh, you know get to relive those those memories over and over again, uh, which is pretty fun. Yeah, hang on. Before we move on, though, I got I, I just want to ask about because I saw something on Twitter and and somebody said something about you being or, or Chavi being the, the the Spanish version of of Heath Pierce, and I don't know, I don't know. Did did you want to kind of tap into that a little bit? Yeah. Or? So so uh, CBS Sports <laughs> put out their sort of uh, talent eleven, like the the people oh, yeah. that they have on camera, and I was picked as a middle three alongside Roberto Martinez yeah. <laughs> and Luis Garcia. And um, yeah, I, I look, it's just you, when you know quality, you know quality, you know, <laughs> and you could put me at left back, right? But then you'd have to say, okay, what do we do with Ian Joy? Because he's he's a left back as well. Like, what, what do you do with left fullback? We can't put him on the bench. We need to find a spot for him. And then you see that you have uh, Jimmy Conrad playing left center back and a back three. You're like, well, if you move him, then where do you... It's just a lot of moving pieces that you have to move your best player into a position that they know that can succeed. And that, for me, was moving to a six or an eight, depending on the day, playing next to... Yeah, I want Luis Garcia to be able to do what he did for Liverpool mm-hmm. and just float and be free. And, you know, Roberto Martinez, knowing he has me next to him, is going to obviously allow him just a lot more comfort and time on the ball, knowing that you got somebody of my quality around. So, right. uh, yeah, Slice of Soccer actually had said that... Javi was known as the Spanish Heath Pierce um, <laughs> for for much of his career. So you know that uh, there's some legitimacy there. No, I appreciate the clarity. I've been I've been trying to I've been going through my mind trying to figure out like oh man where did this come from where did this come from and now that you explain it I, I see it I see it now I see it and thank you thank you for this. I'll I'll tell you quickly anecdotally <laughs> one one quick story of of one of the last times I played central midfield. Uh, was U15 national team. <laughs> and I did play a few times throughout the years, um, but like consistently was like with you in residency with you, we were 15, but it was the U17 national team. And um, and we played against the, the US women's national team. And before the game, uh, the coach from the women's team came over and said, hey, this is a, a friendly game, no dirty tackles. If anybody tackles dirty, we're going to have your coach take you guys off the field. Kind of just like warning, like, hey, mm-hmm. we are the best team in the world. Like you guys are kids and a little bit rowdy. Like don't, don't do something stupid. So first five minutes of the game, ball pops up in the air and I go as hard as I can up for a header, just full blown body protection against Michelle Akers. And I leveled her just (laughs) absolutely leveled her. She got subbed out after that. Uh, It was clean by the way, but she went, it was one of those things where, you know, they say like, don't back out of a 50, 50 because you'll get hurt. Like you got to, you got to hit power with power. And she had like a four or five step jump and I had a four or five step jump and we just collided and I won the ball, but like we hit hard. And, and I was like, I remember Mm -hmm. that. And and one other time when I was playing in a youth tournament in in uh, against Argentina and we were in Italy in a youth national team tournament, John Ellinger being like, "Yo, you're you're gonna be a six. and I was like, "Yeah, that's right, man, <laughs> I'm gonna be a six. Until he realized that I just have panic attacks when I got guys around me and the ball. I got I got I got to deal with like, where am I gonna go with this? They're saying turn, but I got a guy behind me. You know, turn in my world, by the way, Mark means like I am free. Yeah, you know, yeah, turn, yeah, yeah. Turn, turn, <laughs> turn in, in the sixth world means you got somebody about a half step or a step and a half, and you got to be able to ha- be on a half turn 
turn and connect the dots. And so that was just, it never really worked out for me, but at least I had a few success stories, a few failures that I won't, I won't tell those stories uh, of no. being a six, but yeah. Oh, that's quite interesting of a, a six story you have here. And I'm, I'm glad to, to see you succeeded, you know, a, a left back. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody wants to hear the final score of that game though, but we, we beat the women's national team six zero. Nice question. All right. Next question. Uh, staying with the, the mentality uh, from Aaron Mish on Instagram. How do I stay composed when I have the ball on the back? <laughs> what a segue, dude. <laughs> Heath, you want to take this one first? <laughs> yeah. So um, this is something we've talked about, Mark, uh, mm-hmm. before, which is when I was playing in, in in more Germany than when I was in Denmark or Sweden. But when I was in, in Germany, there was an 18-year-old coming up who had spent his whole life since like U12 being a left fullback, right? And I had two in my position. And these guys had been career pros by the age of 16. It spent six years like rep, rep, rep at left back, right? And if you're looking at from the same angles of the field all the time, you know what your answers are. You know that when somebody blocks the line, like you you can drive the ball inside. Or if somebody's blocking you in two angles, you can drive it back to your right foot and, and get out with your right, whether it's back to your goalkeeper or a long switch with your right. And so I, I, I've always thought of this as just like reps in real-time environments, right? That you need to be able to solve problems. Staying calm is is something is just really understanding a formation mm-hmm. and knowing where your options are. It's easy for us to say because we play in a professional system where you know if the guy doesn't show up where he's supposed to show up, you can tell him, "Hey, you need to be there because that's where the pass that's where the pass goes, right? The run dictates right. the pass and it's not always like you got the ball at your feet and you're calm and you've got your long diagonal and your short but like yeah, in theory that's true, but the run always dictates the pass and the movement of the team. So one of it is shape, but second of all, it's 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 knowing what those options are and the timing of it. That as soon as you recognize a press from another team, where are your options, right? Where are the triangles? And and a lot of times we think at a macro level of what are all the solutions that you can have? But if you break it down into a micro level, it's literally just a game of, of, of numerical advantages, right? Yeah. So if you and I are playing center back together and we've got a six and they're playing with two strikers, we got a free between one of us. One of us is always going to be open, right? Right. If we're a left back and a, and a center back and a, and a, and a six or, or a seven or 11, that's playing in front of you, a, a, a winger, and they've got a single striker or two strikers, whatever, you just need one person to solve that problem. So staying composed is knowing, okay, if my, if, if they're cutting off my lane to the left, they're cutting off my lane to the right, what's the next movement that a player has to make or where is that solution? It was always the thing that I thought about, which is instead of it being this 11 players have to move to solve a problem, you really need three players to beat two or two players to beat one or four players to beat three to get out of any situation. Yeah. I think that's an excellent way of explaining that because for me is you just, after repetition, you repetition, 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 you know, which kind of goes hand in hand with what you said, Heath. Uh, for us here in Gank, we always talk about it being a, a big possession game. You know, you talk about getting the goal and whatnot, but 11 v 11 is just a big possession game because if, say, we're building out the back, we like to incorporate our goalie. Our goalie has to be good with his feet. So we know if they press with two, stri- or two strikers, we have our six and we have our goalie. So now we have a 4v2. They press with three forwards. There are two wingers and they're, they're nine. We have a, a 5v3, I guess you could call it. 
So it's always finding that outlet. And when you go through these situations time and time again, yeah, there's going to be screw ups. You're going to mess up and whatnot. But it's about seeing those situations, recognizing the cues and then understanding, all right, how do I get out? How can we get out of the situation? Yeah, yeah, I have the ball, but there's my six in the pocket, you know, that that I know he's going to be in. You know, is my is my my goalie with me? Is he stepping up higher? So now we can use him as an outlet. Is it the bump into the six and now he turns? So it's just, again, repetitions and seeing them over, seeing these these situations over and again, um, which, which ultimately breeds that comfort because you know what you need to do, you know, in, in pretty much any situation that you'll face on the field. So, yeah. I will say, by the way, the one thing that I learned as I became a center back, having taken everything from being a fullback with me to being a center back, is just understanding how to how to solve those problems, mm-hmm. right? Of like, okay, sure, you're two against a two back. Maybe your fullbacks aren't great on the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a good six on the ball. How do you split your center backs and drop your six in? Mm-hmm. So now you're three against two in a buildup and those types of things. And it's obviously these are we're we're spoiled to be in some of these player based systems where you have the quality around you. But I didn't always have the quality around me to know that like, right. oh, I can't trust that player. That player's not great on the ball. So how do you build up a different way? And it, like you said, it's repeti- repetitions of understanding when and where because it's a fluid game, right? It's not it like it's not like the running back into the three hole and if they block that, he cuts back or next time you go a different way and that type of thing. It's fluid. So that player pressing you is never going to press you from the same exact spot over and over again where there's a problem, right? And that six that you need to work with and your other center back aren't always going to be standing in the spot that you want because you just won the ball on the right-hand side of the field. So the game's going to be you know, different every time. So it's just about those repetitions of knowing when and where the, the, the solutions are. Exactly. The only X's and O's in, in football are really on set pieces, to be honest with you. And even in those situations, they, there's a lot of improv that goes into it. So, uh, yeah. Next one, Matt, let's do this. This one comes from M Hennigan on Instagram. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, favorite street taco meat. Oh, favorite street taco meat. <laughs> I would say... If I'm down in Mexico, I'm saying Al Pastor tacos are my favorite tacos. They have like, um, I don't know what they're called. I think they're called the the gringo taco or whatever, where they add some of that sweet cheese with them. But like, mm-hmm. that's delicious. But I think what he's really asking is favorite street meat. Um, yeah. Because like that, I don't know why the street taco, <laughs> I don't know why the street taco meat has to be there. The favorite street meat is like those food carts in New York. Yes, the, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you say let me get that, and they put it yeah. and they put it together. Yeah. And you eat red it, sauce you know? and white sauce. You know, you want salad or rice? Like that's. <laughs> I don't think anyone want... knows what that meat is, though. Yeah, that's 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 a mix of uh, lamb and beef, usually. Uh huh. So, uh, by the way, our producer is a uh, vegetarian, <laughs> um, and so I get that he's being very judgmental of it right now. Uh, but you get chicken, or you get the you get the 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 beef, and the mm-hmm. beef is usually a lamb beef mix. When you have like real real gyro, or you have real yeah. um, shawarma, if you will. But uh, yeah, like I would say that I, I are you Mark? You you order from those uh, trucks? You go with the chicken, or do you go with the the beef? It depends on the day. It depends on yeah. the day. Like if whatever my taste buds are feeling that day, I'm like, ah, I'm going to go with it. If, but you're if a Caribbean like, guy, so you go, oh, with, yeah. you definitely put the red sauce on, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Spicy. I need to, yeah. I need to sweat. You know, I need the, the sweat on my forehead. I need to feel the heat, you know, because if I don't feel the heat, then I don't know if I really ate, 
you know. Yeah, I you need to feel that. You need to feel that undershirt getting exactly. Warm, getting, you know, you exactly. Need to, but you need to put that undershirt to work. You know, exactly. <laughs> if it's if it's the winter, you know, I need to make sure I feel the the the, the condensation build underneath my yeah. jacket. You know, yeah. if it's the summer, I, I need I need a, a cold ice bath. You know. Yeah, I could see you. I could see you just eating uh, that that New York street meat and just going like, man, I'm sure glad I have protection under me today. You know? <laughs> Like, like, this is a real validator of the undershirt uh, theory. You know, the, the hyper cool undershirts, you know, with <laughs> circulation. <laughs> so I hope that answers the question. I, I guess. I don't even know. But yeah, the, the, the New York Street, whatever they whatever they put inside the, yeah, I'm talking, it, it's, it's legit, you know, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this one's for Mark. How are you liking Genk? The city, not the club. Okay. All right. Gank as in the city. It's like uh it's a slower paced I think he si- meant the village, not the club. <laughs> the province. <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's a slower paced slower paced village, I guess you you know, call it. Um there's not really there's not really much that goes on right now, especially with COVID. It's it's kinda jacked everything up. But there's like a little city center. Well, I live in the city center, but there's a, a whole bunch of shops around it, restaurants, ice cream shops, all this stuff. Most of them are closed right now. But yeah, it's it's nice. It's quaint, it's subtle, not not too much going on. It's not like the big cities, you know, we have in the States. It's not like Philly or New York City or anything like that. Um it's a bit a larger a larger family or older you know, senior citizen population. Um, so you see them riding bikes, going on walks with their dogs. So it's yeah, not very youth oriented. Like, Did you uh, get a bike Antwerp. yet? Not yet, but I'm going to because they have a rule here that's after six months. Of, okay, this is it's crazy because after six months of driving here and getting my license, mind you, I have my Belgian ID. But after six months, I have to then turn in my ID, both my American and Belgian, and then I'm not eligible to drive for two months until they verify that I have a valid ID. What? So after six months of being here and driving on the roads and paying to drive on the roads, then I can't drive on the roads for two months. You know until what, you though? Belgium has a lot of, uh, because it's such a destination for immigration, I, yeah. I, they, have a, they have a lot of a lot stricter laws. Yeah. Um, and that's what I learned firsthand, you know, about the, the intricacies of the laws and whatnot. But yeah, overall, Gank is it's it's a nice city. I, I don't mind it because of where I'm located in terms of the city itself. There's a lot of a lot of bigger cities around me. So like Amsterdam is only a couple hours. Brussels is an hour. Antwerp is an hour. Dusseldorf is an hour. Uh, Paris is a three hour, three and a half hour drive. So it's it's not like I'm in a spot where I'm so far from everything. So although it's a quiet a quieter city, it's still still a nice nice place to be. Do they have quick trains to those cities? Can you take a train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most times <clears throat> they have a train station about uh, maybe 800 meters. I'm talking in the metric system now, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> that now, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 800 meters down down the road on the, the main street, uh, there's a bus station, train station. So you take that and you go to Brussels and from there you can get to just about anywhere. It's like two hour, two and a half hour train ride to, to England. So yeah, it's, it's cool. Nice, 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 nice little spot. So, yeah, if you're ever in Gank, let me know. Yeah, yeah if I'm ever if I ever in the area, I'll hit you up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> that last question came from Ivan Vaza on Instagram. Uh, this next one's from John Seth Salmons on Instagram. 
for both of you. If you could sit down and have dinner with any athlete, past or present, who would it be and why? Well, I've already partied with Ronaldinho, so I'm good on that one. Uh, I've already partied with Ronaldinho, you see? (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I'm trying to think of, of, I think I'd really like to have a dinner with a, like, I'm definitely blanking on, like, sporting legends that I I know that I would want. Like, I definitely, if it was outside of sports, it's Larry David, you know, the creator of uh, Seinfeld. I just think that Uh would be a fun, you know, just be part of his life for, for an hour, but... And and the uh, soccer wise, I think Jose Mourinho or Pep Guardiola. For some reason, even even Roberto Martinez, who obviously yeah. plays next to me in the uh, on on that uh, best eleven for for uh, midfield, but bro, he was they, sitting right they, next to me at, at the Coke game. Just so you know, you know, I was I was right yeah? next to, to Roberto Martinez. Just oh yeah, that that's was, right, because uh, you know Belgium. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, he he. There's just something about like when I listen to him talk. And I listen to Pep Guardiola talk or even Jose Mourinho to an extent. I mean, definitely for sure in the same category, just a little bit different personality. There is just things that I would I think that I could sit for hours and just chat with them about like footballing philosophy to life to just everything, you know, uh, that I would find it'd be an easy be an easy date, you know, like it wouldn't be like going down Googling like, uh, you know, what small talk can I make with these these people? Uh It'd be it'd be a really easy one and 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 a really great life experience. I think. What about you? I would say uh, Popcan Buju Benton. Those guys are, are legends. So um, Beanie Man's up there as well. Uh, Beanie Man. Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably like Thierry Henry because like I've really. I really grew up watching him and loving, you know, the way he played, but he made me an Arsenal fan, unfortunately, to this you know, day. Um, but I think I have a, I just, I've always been connected in, in some weird way because I was, you know, I'm a forward at heart. So it's, you know, goal scoring is just in the blood. So I think, I think I'd want to sit down with him um, and just pick his brain, you know, and being part of that, that French, the French national team, you know, and, and it's, prime days you know and, and sharing a locker room with some of the, the best ballers to, to play the game um and then going to the coaching side of things and, and how that's kind of changed and how he's adjusted to life as a, as a manager um and then the other one would probably be like i think jackie robinson jackie robinson would probably be another one you know and just as as a, a african-american playing in a sport that's predominantly you know white in in a time when it's not popular you know what is what was that like? You know, predominantly know. white. Yeah, yeah. All white, like yeah. only well, white. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, at that time, yeah, all white. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, it was all white. So, so to come up in that, you know, and, and experience that, to play the game you love, and then to be uh, ridiculed for it, or, or you know, and to still rise to the top and, and be one of the greats, uh, I want to pick his brain. So, yeah, those are those are two for me, um, who, who I would really enjoy a conversation with. Yeah. Obviously, I've I, I played with Thierry. Got got mm-hmm. a chance to like you know I traveled with him on on his PJ a few times around you know to London and hung out with him and got to do all these these things. <laughs> He's got a really his world is just so like you know he used to invite me and Dax McCarty over to his house to watch mm-hmm. basketball or Champions League and like we used to have real conversations with him. Um, but his world was so different. Like he would we'd come into the locker room and it'd be like ha- like after a game of. Uh, after a game and be like out of by be sitting in his locker and be like, how, how did, how is he allowed to come into the locker room <laughs> and just sit at the locker? 
I remember last time he came, he was wearing this long like dress like thing down to his ankles. And I was like, this guy is chilling. And Adebayor is huge. Yeah. But, like I told the, I I think I told the 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 um, the the story of Thierry when we went to his house. Clive Owen was there. Did I tell that story on here? I don't think you did. Mm-hmm. Thierry invites me and Dax over, and we arrive at his house, and he's got this big old penthouse in in Soho that the elevator goes right into the living room type of type mm-hmm. of, uh, of course, vibe. Of and uh, we come in, and Clive Owen, the actor, is just sitting in Thierry's kitchen, wearing a full like white linen like you know uh, outfit, and we're like, this is weird. And it turned out that Thierry was going to a sh- to get something from a shop in his neighborhood. And Clive was down there. He just wrapped a movie. And they cr- were crossing the crosswalk. And they just sort of pointed at each other. And they'd never, <laughs> met, they'd never met before. And he pointed at each other. And the other one pointed at the other. And they just kind of stepped off to the side. And he invited him over to, to hang out before he had to fly out that night. And I was like... Oh yeah, man, that happens to me all the time. You know, I run. You know, I just run into. You know, I ran into Kareem Benzema down on Wall Street and asked him for a photo. And I was like, "Hey, man, you should come over tonight." And he was looked at me like, "You sound crazy." You know, like no, it's just like his 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 circles like fly after training to go see Tony Parker play a game in San Antonio and then be back in the morning for training. And you know, Tony would be around. Like it was always just like yeah. his circle of friends are like successful people, but just like a different stratosphere yeah. and world like when he sat and when we sat in the box uh his box where at the emirates he has his own box and when he's there the whole stadium when they play turns and sings a song to him every time he's there they sing that like the whole stadium focuses on him in his box and they sing to him and so when we were there it was it uh sitting next to us was was soul campbell mm-hmm. jens layman um and then I can't remember the there's this bald bald actor British actor that I can't remember his name he's a comedian guy um he was there and it was just like this eclectic group of 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 people that were all just there chilling hanging out and like approachable right because when yeah. you're in Thierry's crew you get to have a conversation with Saul Campbell if you are one box over you don't get to have a conversation with Saul Campbell right because you're not valid yeah. like. It's a little. He's got his wall up. Whereas yeah. when you're in the crew, you can just be like, "What's good? What's good, man?" And like he's going to talk to you about whatever it is you're talking about. Uh, which is, again, that val- like he has that level of validity that if you're with him, you have act like everybody else is your friend that his is his friend as opposed to if you ran into these guys somewhere else or girls, they would never they would you know they would think you're a fan and like kind of push you off or you know like. They just wouldn't be interested, right? So yeah. it, 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 that was a, kind of a cool experience that you get to, like, by prox by proxy or proximity, be somebody like have a real conversation that you would never get access to otherwise. That is the life. You see, that's Thierry Henry, ladies and gentlemen. Thierry Henry. Well, also Heath Pierce, ladies and gentlemen. What? Also, by the way, <laughs> on 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 that subject, so we go out to me and Dax uh, go out to watch the training session at at the Arsenal training grounds. He's and Terry's out there just saying hi to people and whatever. Like we got to t- we get we got to have a conversation with with uh, Arsene Wenger. Wait, what? In in the lobby, he just came in and just started having a conversation with us. Like just like went into his office, had a small conversation, just hellos and like, how are you guys doing? How's the season? And blah 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 blah. Like. Like again, you. It was just a weird, a weird thing that again. Now that I'm, I'm kind of processing this in real time while I'm thinking about this. That like, if we went out there, and I went out there one other time with Thierry by by myself. But like, if 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 I went out there and was just like, hey, you know, 
ex-US men's national team player would love to just come to the training grounds or whatever. They'd be like, okay, cool. They'd probably give me like a badge with my name tag yeah. on it and like, 100%. you know, put you in a corner to let you watch a training <laughs> session. And, and that would be it. When I went out there with them, I was walking around all the fields, got to step up close. They were flying a drone over the pitch and for training, I got to ask the drone guy about some questions about that and like <laughs> random things where like, oh, you're part of the family. Cool. Come on in, like have lunch. Like they gave me lunch and everything like that. It was just like, yeah, I, I'm realizing this in real time that the level of respect you get when you are with him is is automatically validated that you get to just have access to experiences and conversations that you would never get otherwise. Sorry, that's enough stories. Tavion Henry. Eve Pierce, a bromance. <laughs> he won't talk to me back. Drone he guys. He I, can, I can introduce you to a couple of <laughs> yeah. people. <guys>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my whole life's goal was to get to the Arsenal drone guy, uh, you know, and, and, and I did it. I think I told the story of why I don't think he will hang out with me anymore, though, right? I don't want to sit on this topic all day, but can I tell <laughs> I think it? you do. Yeah. <laughs> So we, he, he texts me and goes, yo, I'm like, Hey, I'm in London. He's like, yo, come to the training grounds with me. I'm, I'm doing He was doing his badges. So he's like, here, come out to my house. Right. And he lives in Hampstead where all the like castles are. Yeah. And also in a castle. And, uh-huh. uh, so I pull up, get out of the, get out of the taxi and, and right away guy gets out of his car and is like, what are you doing here? Says he has 20, him and the guy across the street split security on their street outside of their like actual premises. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, and then I, I, I call him, tell him he opens up the gate. I come in. He's like, Oh, I'll be down in a minute. You know, I'm looking at this thing like, man, what a house <laughs> we go to the training grounds, whatever he's doing is when he was doing his sky sports and, and, wow. and coaching badges at the same time. So what he's doing his Monday morning, like recap of the weekend while he's driving out to the training grounds. And this is like Terry, right? This is the first time I had seen him vulnerable because he was getting crushed by the sky media of not being a good pundit or, you know, being too hard on this or, you know, whatever, like you do and anything you do in the UK when it has to do with, with being on a national stage, whether mm-hmm. you're a player or a pundit or whatever. And it was the first time I told, he told me like, man, this is a lot of, like, it's a lot of work. And usually like you, I saw him only in the soccer world where was, everything was easy for him. Right. So fast forward, like it was nice to see him vulnerable and like, applying that same effort that he did in football to something new. Um, but then uh, we go out to the grounds. We have a, a good day. We drive back to his place and um, we took one of his cars. Well, his other car, I, he has a garage that comes from underground where it like spins uh, yeah. up. Yeah. One of the, the James driveway. Bond type joints. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That only, only like Terry and James Bond can, can, yeah. can pull off. And he had this Mansori, uh, Mansori G wagon. That's all carbon fiber. And it's like, you know, for me, I, I'm a car guy. Like I respected cars since I was like a young kid. Mm-hmm. And I see this like a half million dollar car. And I'm like, yo, dude, <laughs> my taxi will be here and my Uber will be here in a minute. But can I take a picture of this? Like, and I think that was might have been the line that I crossed <laughs> where there was no turning back. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't not because like I, I was standing next to this thing, you know, yeah. like this is a carbon fiber G-Wagon that are really rare. And, you know, uh, yeah. So he was like, yeah, no problem. But I think at that point he was like, this dude doesn't get, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And I didn't, I, and I, and you know, he, know, I've, I've hung out with him. I've flown around yeah. the world with him enough for him to know that I'm like, this isn't like a fan thing, but perhaps it had been such a gap since I had seen him last. that He was like, Oh, this dude's just a fan now. Uh, when really it's just like, I don't care who drives it. It was just an awesome car to see. And I want to take a picture of it. So I did. You and crossed I never the got, line. And then I never talked to him again. You crossed the <laughs> line. 
You crossed the line. That was the I last did. straw. All right, I got a, we got a couple more here. Um, this one should be a short one unless Tyrion Re comes up. Uh, <laughs> Kind Seal on Twitter asked, "Pineapple on pizza or no?" Yes, like always. Mm, or I like mean, you're okay with it. I mean, like I'm I'm cool with it. I'll put pineapple on my pizza. I'll eat it. Yeah, it's calm. Okay, so I listen, don't mind it at all. Listen, it's been, you know, the, the boys are coming over for Champions League. You're like, yo, don't worry. I'll order up some food. You order five pizzas. Those pizzas, like always, get opened up right away. Everybody's like opening them up. Look, of course. What, what do we have in here? What do we got? We got a meat. We got a pepperoni. Yeah, we got yeah, cheese. Yeah. We got a pineapple. Are you going for the pineapple first? I'm going for whichever box I open. No, just, no, no. Listen, listen, don't be, <laughs> listen, don't be afraid to answer this question the way right. that you truly feel. Are you right. like, you're seeing what's in there, you know? Are you grabbing that? Is that pineapple your your first slice choice? But what's what's with the pineapple? Is it just pizza and pineapple? No, no. It's like whatever it is. Like yeah, okay, the, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll grab uh, pineapple. Hawaiian, yeah, yeah. The Hawaiian. I, yeah, I'll grab can, it. can we call that Hawaiian still? Has I don't know. Can, has that, has that been canceled? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, we gotta be careful. We gotta tread lightly, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Canadian bacon and pine. Okay, can you call it Canadian <laughs> bacon anymore? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, we're just gonna, uh, we're just gonna ham. I think yeah. it's a type of ham, uh, ham and, and 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 pineapple. Uh, yeah, on a, on a pizza. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'm, you I'm you guys are cool it. with it. I'm cool with it. Kind Seal says Chris Richards said yes, and he's now his favorite U.S. Men, MNT player. So, Mark, well, maybe you're maybe you're up there now since you like pineapple pizza as well. I wish I knew that when we had Chris on the pod. I could have. I could have stated my 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 perspective on this whole issue i also didn't know that you could win a fan by just your type of <laughs> i thought like maybe it would be like hard work dedication like no good quality play no. and it, all you got to do is like pineapple it's a, a new pizza. generation it's a new generation <laughs> Heath, all right hey <laughs> um he does have a serious follow-up though um who's a player doesn't have to be usmnt you've always wanted to play with at club level hmm hmm does it, does it, is it general, like just past or present? Or is it like just current? I think it's general. Yeah. All right, general. They'll keep it general. Huh. Mm. These are the ones that are a little bit tougher to answer on the phone. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, like, I know yeah. I'm going to disrespect the person that I really wanted to play with, but I can't think of them right now. Um, Man, I don't. I'm I'm struggling to, because I'm trying to be like realistic too. I want to be like, you know, Ronaldinho. Uh, <laughs> I would have loved to play with like a, a, Javi or Iniesta type, somebody that is just like so magical yeah. on the ball that, you know, always, you know, we talked earlier about kind of how you like how you stay calm, like somebody that doesn't just stay calm, but they know like, do I pass, do I guide it on yeah. your left foot or your right foot, you know, and control the tempo and like just being on the field with somebody like that would have been would have been cool. I'd probably say uh, like De Bruyne because he played at gang. So, you know, you see how magical he is, but to, to like play with him at the club level and to see, you know, what he does in training, that kind of stuff would, would be, you know, would be cool for me, to, you know, to kind of just pick his brain a little bit as well, you know, see see how this guy operates on a daily basis. I think that'd be, be pretty cool. I like that one. Nice. Um, this one's from Joris Beck on Twitter for Mark. Is Tobe Leeson still alive after the cup winning party? What about the others? <laughs> How nah. tough is it now to how tough is it now to get the focus back on the league? Yeah, well, first part of the question. Toby is alive and he's he's well. He's trained he trained today, so so we're all good. 
Um, yeah, the guy was, he was blasted before the final whistle even blew. You know, he, <laughs> it was like, I felt like as soon as we, we hit the lock, no, as soon as the final whistle blew, this guy was already drunk. I kid you not. Like he came on the field. I was like, oh, jeez. And it just got worse as the, the, the night went on. We didn't even leave the locker room. He was blasted. But look, he, had a, he enjoyed, had a good time. I think it was his, probably his first cup. So you never forget your first, right? So he's good, though. He's healthy and he's, he's, he's stable now. But the second part of the question, yeah, it's it's you can yeah you can call the switch like the best teams I feel like have that switch um, you know so so for us it's about finding that balance between yeah riding the high but but not riding it too much you know in the sense of we don't want to be cocky or come off as, as arrogant you know because like yeah we won the cup but in reality the cup is just you know something that we have in our back pocket like I mentioned earlier you know it just helps with with implications for for Champions League, Europa League, and placement in that. So um, it's something, it's an upper hand we have on the teams where we'll be playing over the next few weeks. But ultimately, playoffs is a, is a new battle, a new beast. You know, as, as look, a lot of a lot of teams know, you know, once you hit that final stretch of the season, it's like do or die. You know, those those points are are crucial. So, you know, we go into this period kind of on a fresh slate in a way and, and know that every match is almost like a cup final. Because it could dictate whether or not you finish first or or fourth, um, and now have you know additional games to play before the season starts, or you're playing in the the Champions League, Europa League in in, in August. And so, yeah. His uh, Joris Beck's final part of that question was: At what age are you expecting to pass Heath Pierce in his, <laughs> the amount of trophies? <laughs> he, how many trophies do you have, man? Well, I've got an MLS Cup Runners Up trophy. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, I got a Danish uh, trophy. I got a Swedish trophy, and I got a supporter shield. Okay, so you're uh, four and a half, three, yeah, three, three, three and a half, uh, yeah, three and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have a an open cup runners up trophy or medal. Oh, nice, nice, call nice, nice. You okay. know, I have uh, a supporter shield. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a Koki Cup, a Belgian Cup, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, I like that it says Koki Cup on the shirts, by the way. Yeah, That's yeah, pretty yeah. Tight. yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's a nice little shirt. I got to hang it up in the room. So, um, And then, are we include national team? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a... a, a no, nah, that doesn't even count, bro. Like, it doesn't technically really count. We won the, I mean, if you had... If you, if you get a... I say if you get a... Because, like, I got... And we're not even counting like participation medals nowadays. Yeah, guys. come on now. Like yeah, I almost had a Confederations <laughs> Cup. I almost had a Gold Cup. I almost had, uh, you know, so trophies would be it'd be three, and you'd yeah. be at two right now. So uh, you got to go. Two, yeah. You got to go yeah. one more. I got. I need one hey, more. Bro, you got plenty of time. People don't realize how hard those are to come bro, by. Bro, hey, bro, I didn't realize this freaking cup was. You got was, a good start uh, <laughs> so far, but it could be you could hit a drought. You know? Hey, bro, you could go four years without even getting to you know any kind of position. That's the that's the crazy thing. But yeah, hopefully we can do something in this next this next playoff period to to close the gap between us and and, and was Bruges. Um, and hopefully, get another 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 trophy. That'd be that'd be nice to tie Heath. So. Yeah. I think that's the response he was looking for. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is from Banksman on Reddit. Heath, I got to ask, what happened at Hansa Rostock that got you fined? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know it's going to be good when you start out with that. <laughs> so I got fined at Hansa Rostock. So we had discussed 
I, I had a, a short run of like four or five weeks where I was not playing, sometimes not even on the bench, right? And so we had discussed at the club, like, hey, we'll go, we'll do training camp in the winter. And after that, we'll decide like, oh, should the club sell me? Should they move me on? Is there, is there, is this the right place for me? So my flight gets canceled coming here. So I call the main point of contact that I always had. This guy, by the way, didn't even have voicemail. This is how like former East German, some of the stuff was like, he didn't have voicemail or anything. So I'm calling him, calling him like, Hey man, like trying to tell him. So I arrive at the airport the day, the day that we are leaving to go to Dubai for training camp. And I come into the club and whatever. And there's this big like explosion of like, you know, blah, 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 that Heath, Heath is like missed his arrival and we're going to find him and yada, yada, yada. So this is again, this is what I'm talking about where I didn't have a place where I could be like, no, nah, that wasn't the case. Like I was calling the club and like no one was calling me back to tell them that like, hey, like I'm my flight's been canceled. My next flight is is tomorrow. Like it wasn't even like days or anything. It was literally the next flight I could get there. I went on and arrived. We go to Dubai. We have our training camp, whatever. The team, we're supposed to be in Dubai for 10 days, right? The team goes to play in Iran, in Tehran for a friendly. And I don't have a visa to go to Iran. And me and the Brazilians can't go. So we stay back for training camp, right? So the team goes to Iran. There's a snowstorm in Tehran. And the team gets stuck in the airport for like three, four days. Like three or four days, they're stuck at the airport or a hotel, whatever. They're stuck in Iran. So it's me, the goalkeeper coach, and three others training in Dubai. And so obviously, you know, we're just training, whatever. They come back. We finish the training camp. We go back and... and, and um we have the conversation that we had said before the winter break we were going to do. And they said, well, not only, you know, we've decided that you're not going to play at this club anymore, but not only are you not going to play at this club, but you can only leave if someone's going to buy you. So then they go to the next morning, the papers are like explode, like uh, uh, bad attitude, bad character, bad for the locker room, cancer in the team, like all these things on this ta- the main paper there, which is a tabloid paper called Build. And there's no place for like, there's no nowhere for me to go to talk, right? Social media wasn't what it was now. There's nowhere for me to say, if I want to do something, I got to go to that same newspaper and say my side, and they're going to sort of like twist it and turn it into their own sort of narrative. So they kicked me out of the club to like, whatever. They're like, you can go train with the reserves. So after I'm training with the reserves for like two weeks, um, no, no, sorry. I'm not at the reserves at this point. I'm playing with training with the first team. They just say I'm never going to play again for the first team. So magically, like two, three weeks later, out comes in the newspaper again. Oh, Heath's attitude has changed. He's been such a good teammate. He's been all this and blah, blah, blah. And by the way, he's going to be starting this weekend in the team. We're letting him back into the first team. So the team has this bad run of form. I'm just doing the same exact thing. I haven't said anything to anybody. And now I'm magically back in the team again. And they've reversed all of this. Like he will never, like they literally said he will never play at this club again to being like, well, you know, <laughs> he had such a transformational change that we've decided to give him a second chance. And like they controlled all the narrative and I went and I started playing games again, you know, and like regularly starting again. And that was the end of it. And it was during a time again where like there was, I had no ability to control the narrative and I had no ability to say how I wanted. And I was at a club that was in a part of the the country that was like controlled by its own sort of ecosystem of, of, of messaging and, and information. And, and it screwed me. And then it was a, a part of the past. And then, 
yeah, everything went back to normal again. And I was playing for the rest of the season, like almost every game. So it's, it was, uh, it was a really weird experience. And I experienced it again at the end of my time there where a new, we were on our fifth coach in two seasons, a new coach came in and was like, anybody who doesn't have contracts for next year is out and sent like six of us to the reserves for like the last four weeks of the season, five weeks of the season. And that was it. That was like his messaging. We had to go train with like kids. Uh, and that was the end of it. There was like, literally that was like his thing. He was like an East German dude who had been at the club way back in the day, come back to save the day and was like, you know, these rigid, like insane, like we used to, we used to lose games, Mark at this club. And the next day he would take us to the floor forest that was behind the training grounds. And you would run, run like fitness when we'd lose and you would run. And not only that, you would do loops in this forest and he would stand at the starting point and you wouldn't know his name was Frank Pagelstorff, big fat man. He sucked. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he would stand on every, this is how like old school it was. He would stand on every lap and not say a word. He, and that meant keep going. And then eventually, whether it was 30 minutes, sometimes it was an hour. Sometimes he didn't put his hand up like a stop sign. And that was when you knew time was up. It was that controlling and manipulative it was like part of that F- Felix yeah. Maggot area where it was like, oh yeah, the only way to make you win is to like really like beat you down. Break you. Yeah, and we'd yeah. run. Like literally it'd be a punishment fitness the next day where you would run and run and run and run and run. And it could be literally an hour. You could run and you don't know. You lap after lap after lap. You don't know if he's going to say stop. And then eventually, like right when you get there, he'd put his hand up like subtly and say stop. And then we'd walk back into the training grounds again. And that was like the type of things you went through at a, at a club like that, that was just trying to survive in the Bundesliga. But yeah, it was like a lot of this mental games and like manipulation and all of that, you know, weird, weird, like super toxic stuff that you don't see anywhere anymore because it's right, gone. Right. Um, but yeah, that was, that was like my experience uh, at, at, at in Germany during that period. All right. So Tango Beats on Reddit wants to know if you guys will uh, have any coaches on the pod. Yeah, he, he, he name drops Bob Bradley, Bruce Arena, Jurgen Klinsmann, Jesse Marsh. You know, just some small names. That's it. That's it. That's all he could do. No Pep, no Jose, no, yeah. none of that. Uh, I, I I've I've actually thought about that a lot. I've, I was talking to Ben Olson. He's going to come on, but I I've always it's more of like I just haven't talked to to Mark about like his comfort of having coaches on. You know, knowing that it is a little bit of like you know Jesse Marsh is a little bit in your world and uh you know bob bradley or bruce arena Jurgen Klinsmann, it's a little bit closer to home than the world that you're in now um but i i would love those conversations but it's more of you know uh where you fit in mark in terms of your comfort knowing that that that's like a lot closer to home than having a, a teammate or a player or a, yeah or a whatever you know yeah no I, I mean ultimately i'm i'm cool with it it's yeah it's weird because because you never know in in football this guy you know one day he's he's in MLS next to hey, you know, yeah, he's your manager. I you, I had, <laughs> hey i had you i had you on my pod don't you remember 10 years ago uh, <laughs> you know so it's like yeah but you no know, i'm cool with it because you get to pick the brains of some some guys who, who have helped national team out their their club teams you know be the successful teams that they are um you get to hear a different way of uh a way of handling situations in the locker room or on the pitch, you know? So I think, yeah, it'd be definitely beneficial and, and kind of interesting to hear, hear how they, how they speak about these, these topics. Cause as a player, you always have your, your perception of it. Like, Oh, this guy's a jerk. You know, he, he freaking benched me because I was late to training. Like what the heck is this guy thinking, you know? And then he's thinking, 
10 steps ahead. He's like, yeah, I benched him because he needed to learn a lesson and I needed to get him in the right mentality. So that way in three weeks when I needed him most, he'd be able to. So yeah, that kind of stuff I, I think would be interesting. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting kind of perspective that I've always wanted to go back on because I, I, I the last time I ran into Bob, I, I, I think I told you guys a story where I was like, oh, Bob, you know, I told him that the nicest compliment you ever gave me was saying like, that was okay when we beat Mexico 2-0 in a qualifier. And I knew that as your compliment. And Bob was like, no, man, you're playing into that stereotype of me. And that's not <laughs> that's not how it is. And I think we, you know, as players, we, we're oversensitive in, in real life situations. Mm-hmm. You don't always know what the thinking is behind things and why they make these decisions and why they 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 do these things. They might be as simple as like, oh, yeah, he's not looking fully fit. So we're going to just like, you know, do a rotation. And you're thinking like, this guy's got it out for me. He wants to ruin my career. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's trying to get between me and my bread. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you start get your ego comes into play and you don't always see clearly. And that then sort of manipulates the actual reality. And then you remember it as something. And like part of me has always wanted to go back and have these conversations with people just in your life right. in general. To go like, am I remembering this correct? Or like, what was your side of this? You know, because once you, we make our minds up, it's hard to, to know anything else. And then that truth becomes manipulated over time in your head, whether it's like a protection factor or a PTSD or whatever it is that it manifests itself as that I've always wondered to go back and be like, what was your side of this? Like, what were you thinking right, when you right. did this? Uh, and yeah, that could be, it'd be a fun conversation with those types of coaches. Yeah, no, I'm I'm done because when you said that, it brought me back to when the whole Celtic thing didn't pop off, and immediately, immediately, I painted this picture. I was like, this guy is a villain. This guy is trying to ruin my career. I don't know what this guy's thinking. And then six months later, I'm off to Gank. All right, all right, cool, bro. Uh, I I see, I see, I see, kind of where you're coming from a little bit. So, yeah, those, those are those are definitely interesting conversations that. You want to kind of tap into to their side of things because, as again, as a player, your ego holds you at this you against them mentality, you know, you against them, you know, perspective. So, all right, last one from CR Nelson on Reddit from Mark. Um, Mark, do you think he should have been brought up on charges for his move against Danny Cruz? <laughs> uh, uh, heat this probably by the way, the before fit. you answer that, before you answer that. Danny Cruz is now interim manager of Louisville City FC. Uh, and so I want anybody out there who's ever been defeated to know that it's not the end. There is, there is a, that, you know, to keep on going. Danny Cruz will never, will never be able to get rid of that video or get, get rid of me unless he murders me. And I will continue to post that video. But despite all that, he's like, nah, man, you can't hold me back. And now here he is, you know, uh, at what I, I think he's, three or four years younger than me, maybe. And he's a head yeah. coach or interim head coach of a, of a USL championship team. So, yeah. you know, let that no, be a story I, of success. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not use it as a story of, of failure, but, but <laughs> as a, as a springboard, you know, to take you to the next level, you know? So that was a character building exercise with Danny Cruz that we both participated in. Uh, <laughs> and, and look, look, look where we are now, you know, it's just in that moment, one, came out a little bit better than the other you know one's still posting and one's you know a coach you know? <laughs> <laughs> one one can't let it go the other one moved on with his life and just is like doing successful things one is living one is like grabbing that and riding that as long and as far as he can the other one is like okay man like i'm just gonna go on about my professional life you know be a good dad and like be successful in life and the other one is like this is all i got 
So, yeah, I hope that answers your question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, Mark. So that's it, man. That That's uh, some of the questions. And for those of you who didn't uh, get your question answered, we we are going to find a way to make sure we're getting these into every episode, whether in the intro or outro or or wherever, and make sure that ever, ever so often we do another mailbag episode as well so we can be connecting directly with uh, the listeners. But um, also for everyone's uh, reference, Mark is heading into the playoffs uh, this week and will be in them for uh, the next few weeks. So we could be hit or miss. Hopefully we'll have an episode for you guys every single week. But if we don't, just know it's for a greater cause on this uh, <laughs> on this on this mission that we're on, trying to get Mark as many as many trophies as me. Um, <laughs> and and we might be able to expedite that if they're successful enough. But Mark, that was a fun episode, man. It was it was good to actually actually uh, just chat. You know, answer some yeah, questions. Man. Yeah, let the hair down. You know, don't gotta have these freaking guests on, man. Jeez, always gotta ask questions like, "How was your career?" This, that. Nah, man, I just want to chat with my guy. You know, I just wanna, yeah, just want to chop it up, man. Tap into some other stuff. It's it's people don't realize it, but when all you all you do is interview people all the time, they never go, "Well, what about you?" You know, exactly. they just answer the they just answer the questions, and I got a lot to you know. Clearly, we got we got a lot to talk about, a lot to say. Maybe we should just stop having. Maybe we should just talk about guests, and then we can make the rest <laughs> of the time about us. We won't have them actually on, but we can be like, all right, you know, uh, Daryl DK. And we can talk about him for a little bit, and then make the rest of the time about us uh, yeah. instead of our guests. Some some clickbait, man. You know, put plastic them on the, the cover of an episode. Yeah, we got Pulisic going, and it's just oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, we got him on here in this photo. <laughs> you know, but that's it, guys. Um, you know, that was a, a, a super fun episode, and and thank you guys all for your submissions. Keep them all coming in, um, and you can obviously follow us on Slice of Soccer and listen to these podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. And Mark and I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Nice one. <laughs>